up, people, and welcome back to the Over in Eight Minutes podcast. My name is Sam Matthews, and I'm glad to have you back for another episode. This week, I'm joined by a man that's famous in the podcast world, one of the OGs, got the top recording rugby podcast in the world on Spotify exclusive. We've got Mr. Andy Rowe, one of the man that is famous for everything and anything. Before we get started, guys, I'm going to mention Wild Haggis Protein again. Wild Haggis have been kind enough to become a partner with the Over in Eight Minutes podcast. You can get everything you need from fat burning supplements, pre-workout, protein powder, and their own range of exclusive gym wear. All you have to do is use code OVERIN80 for 10% off. That's O-V-E-R-I-N-8-0. Put that in, all block capitals, and you're good to go. Right, Andy Rowe, let's get started with today's episode. How are you good, sir? Most important question. Hey, I'm good. I'm good. There's a hell of an intro. I don't know if you've got the right guy on your show, but the sounds of it, you really, really guessed me up there, didn't you? Mate, it's like I was saying before we came on the air and got it going, I felt a bit of nervousness because you're such an OG in the podcast scene. You were doing it long before people were cool. So it's, uh, it's mean, a bit of... I mean, there's no definitely no need to be nervous. And, and you know, like I, I feel like sometimes, you know, I piggybacked a little bit, uh, you know, from being there at the start, it doesn't necessarily mean you're, the, you're, the, you're, you're, you're anywhere near the top. It's just you were early. So I've been very fortunate in that respect. Mate, you're there and you contribute to the you contribute to the podcast we all know and love. Many of the podcasts we all know and love. You're more than just one, as it says behind you. So we're gonna get started. What we do, I like to break the ice. I like to get myself a few talking points to go here. So we just do a bit of quick fire questions. Nothing, nothing strenuous. A little bit of would you rather. Oh, here we go. Just say say what you see. <laughs> easy, it's easy. It's nothing, nothing incriminating. I've not not got anything bad in there for you. Right, mate. We'll get okay, started. Well, so. I, I, Hopefully I, hopefully I don't do myself with a service then. Here we go. <laughs> Mate, you're fine. You're, you're Kiwi. You're already everybody's favourite. You can say nothing wrong in, in the British Isles when you're Kiwi. <laughs> <laughs> you're really guessing me out. You're really guessing me out. <laughs> Mate, no. Honestly, you'll be fine. Right, look, for example, first on tea or coffee? Uh, recently turned to coffee. Since going through lockdown... I started drinking yeah. coffee. I was like, I, I need something. I need something to actually motivate me to work at work at home. You know, like, but previous to that, I was always tea. Never drank coffee. Didn't like it. Didn't like what it did to my stomach. Didn't didn't like how it made me need to go to the toilet so often. But then <laughs> recently, just got into it and loving it. Getting into the packed coffee. Mate, I'm a con, I'm a convert. I used to be no. I'm the same as you. Nowhere near it. And then as I just got older, I needed it to wake me up in the morning. Night out or a night in. Definitely a night out. Right now, though, I need a night in. Gee whiz. Had friends <laughs> leaving during the weekend and, like, yeah, really pushed the boat out. So, um, but definitely a night out. Like, night out is, is always fun, isn't it? Night out. I imagine with your, your friends and company, night out are quite common with the people you associate with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's been a few. There's been a few. I can't go into too much detail on it, but there's, there's been a few. Ibiza's coming up shortly. So I, was gonna, night I was about to say, I heard Ooh. Ibiza's on the cards. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, there's going to be a few salads in between now and then, I tell you that. Yeah. Hopefully it gets shredded. Right. If you had to get rid of one or the other, would you rather get rid of sport or would you rather get rid of dogs? Sport. Definitely. Definitely. You can't get rid of dogs, can you? That's cruel. Exactly. <laughs> like everybody, every athlete I've had on it said the same thing. They'd be like, no, get rid really? of the sport. Right, mate. A TV series or a movie, what would you go to? Uh, definitely a TV series, I think, because TV series, you can, you know, just can drag that out. Because if you like a night out, then on a Sunday, you're going to need mm-hmm. some content. 
to deal yeah. with that night out hangover. So I think you know a TV series is definitely the way to go. I like you thought a proper a proper movie day or a proper day in bed just binging the series just ten episodes back to back. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and there's so many good series out, but um, yeah, so many good series that out. And you got you know you got Netflix, you got Prime, you've got Apple, you've got so many different formats and so many different series out. So it's just I think there's just more series than there are movies these days, isn't there? Yeah, I think I couldn't agree more. You just there's just more option, and plus there's nothing worse than putting on a film that you decide after an hour and a half is bad when you could have just watched the series to find out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Is that right? Rugby or another sport? If you could choose either one to play, if you could pick, would you choose uh, to be a god tier rugby player or would you choose to be a god tier in another sport? If I choose to be what, like a, a, a really like, good at like rugby that. or really good at another sport? Yeah, God tier. I just uh, call it God tier. I think I think I want to be really good at golf, mm-hmm. um, purely because of the money involved and the fact that you don't get smashed smashed up and bashed up every week. I mean, you grow growing up in New Zealand and then coming up against Polynesians, you know, that were the size of a fully grown man when you were 12, 13, 14, 15, you know, is, is hard work, you know? So, but, but playing, growing up, you, if you're playing golf, you know, like you might have a few repetitive injuries, but you're not gonna, you're not getting knocked around. It's a lot nicer and you're going to be a lot richer if you're good at it. Exactly. Plus you can do it till you're like old and withered. You can't play rugby past 42. Exactly. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'd agree. I think golf's a great choice for that one. Right, best way to have a steak cooked if you're getting a getting a steak cooked at a restaurant. Yeah, how do you mean like medium rare? Yeah, stuff like how would you have it cooked? Yeah, I'd have I'd just have a medium rare, just chuck it on the barbecue, medium rare, um, and with a bit of peppercorn sauce, you're good. That's that's all you need. You're you're preaching to the choir there. That's exactly how I'd do it. Right, I don't know if you're familiar with these or not, but I put it in the trailer and then I took it away. I didn't put it, so the, the fans got mad at me. So would you rather have bourbons or custard creams with your cup of tea? I don't even know what they are. Custard, cre- custard, custard creams, custard. did you say? Yeah, yeah, bourbons. Is custard, custard cream, is that, like, is that like a little... It's like a little biscuit, two, little... two little wafers with a little bit of custard in the middle. Never had one. But you've never had one? Never even heard of them. Mate, I'll, when you do this, send me your address, and I'll or go go to Tesco's or Sainsbury's, buy them, and I'll in I will PayPal you the money for it, and then we can have like a whole social media reveal of which one you prefer. Need a cup, need yeah, a cup okay. of tea, yeah, and then you dunk one in. There you go. See, just which one do you prefer? I'm a I'm a Bourbon's guy. Always have been. Bourbon's is like basically right. just a chocolate version of custard creams. Okay. Mate, I've never okay, met someone who's never had Bourbon's yeah. or custard creams before. You must be one of the only men. <laughs> I don't think you get them in New Zealand. I think we have custard squares, which are like just custard, like fat bits of custard with a layer of um, sugar on top. But yeah, I've never had a custard cream. I'm not sure what one is. I might, I might go and find out later, straight after I get off this. I'm going to go and find some custard <laughs> creams. They sound yeah, delicious. I will, I will invoice you for these biscuits because I will pay for your biscuits for you. You can invoice the over 80 minutes podcast. Oh, it's very, very generous of you. I might do that. <laughs> There you go. Payment for coming. One of my first invoices as a business can be for a packet of bourbons and a packet of custard cream. <laughs> there you go. Would you rather be a ninja or a pirate? 
Well, I'd much rather be a ninja. Yeah. It's way cooler. It's, it's as close as you're going to get to Spider-Man. <laughs> that's, that's a very good point. I've never looked at it that way. Oh. I'm a pi- I'm, I'd be a pirate, personally. But... Why would you be a pirate over a ninja? I don't know, but I think it's just... I grew up with the Pirates of the Caribbean films, so they were just like, Johnny Depp's just a pretty cool guy, and then he personifies pirates to most people. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah. ninja, definitely ninja, mate. That's ridiculous. Because you could be a ninja pirate if you wanted. A ninja pirate? <laughs> you could just get best of both worlds. But you couldn't be a pirate ninja. Could you not be a pirate ninja? No, you couldn't be a pirate ninja. No, you couldn't. Because you, like, a pirate, pirate would not be able to be a ninja. It wouldn't fit into what a ninja does and how a ninja operates. But a ninja can fit into any other alias like it could it could ninja could be a pirate could be me or you could be a ninja but a pirate <laughs> doesn't work the other way around hey, you have you've converted me <laughs> i've never even thought of it like that you I, you've got me going right you're welcome. Yeah. you're welcome i'm gonna scrap that question for next week now because it's not even a debate in my mind anymore just ninjas all the way through if you were to try and get something organized are you most likely to be the guy that facetime somebody or text them to get something organized i'll definitely call someone yeah, definitely pick up the phone and call them. I hate I hate it when people go backwards and forwards on texting. I'll I'll do a voice note. I'm getting more into voice notes now. Um, just to, just it's just much quicker, isn't it? Yeah, and you just I trash it out. It's much easier. Exactly, especially when you just like, especially for like a twenty, what could be a two minute conversation is twenty minutes worth of text messages. Exactly, exactly. And last but not least, socks and sliders, yes or no? Are they acceptable fashion? Not acceptable. No, not a sort of slider. Never, never acceptable. No way. <laughs> and sliders, you're talking about like flip flop kind of things that you. Yeah, yeah, like flip flops without the toe, without the thong. But yeah, no way, no way. That's disgusting. <laughs> oh, mate, I live, I live in socks yeah. and sliders. I wouldn't. I'm yeah, sure well, you're just dis- you're disgusting, man. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I'll take it. It's one of the it's one of the nicest things I've been called. <laughs> Well, there we go. You've 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 survived quick fire questions. See, easy as that. Nothing incriminating. If anything, all you've done is convert probably all my listeners to becoming ninjas when they're, I say when they're older, when they decide they want to become ninjas. When they have to choose, yeah. Exactly. So you can you can be a bourbon and custard cream eating ninja when you grow up. That's what we can do. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to these custard <laughs> creams. They, I'm I'm eager to see you try them because they're like God's gift. <laughs> Nice, nice. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. <laughs> right, mate. We'll just get started. So I was doing a bit of research on you, as you do, because you've got to research your guests, because otherwise you're not worth your salt. Uh, so you started out life as a sports reporter. How did you get into that? Was it a decision that you wanted to make early on, or did it something you stumbled your way across? No, it was always it was always something I wanted to do. Uh, it was always a goal of mine to be a sports reporter. Um, and just turn my passion for sport into into job into a job into into work didn't really feel like work um but i got i went into radio uh when i was about 23 i'd always wanted to get into radio and it felt like a bit of a pipe dream didn't feel like a normal job didn't feel like something that um because you know everyone wants to be well everyone kind of looks up to radio djs sometimes and so it seems like quite a far away goal to achieve it feels like something that 
um, only a select few get to do. So you kind of park it and think, kind of like acting, you know, like if you want to make it in Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, it's not the same thing, but if you, you're thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to be an actor. It's like, well, good luck to you, mate. Good luck to you. <laughs> um, so, I, so I parked it for a while and, and didn't really do much with it. And then, um, yeah, and then I got, and I, I went and studied radio in, at New Zealand Radio Training School. And um, following that, I got given a scholarship and got put onto a, um, a network. Uh, top 40 radio station it's like the biggest music station in in new zealand it's, uh, called called the edge um and and had a lot of fun there for a couple of years but then um always was kind of leaning towards the sport side of it and uh, managed to get a job with a a company a radio station called radio sport um obviously yeah and they they gave me a job as a sports reporter and i was there as a sports reporter for about five six years and mm -hmm. and throughout that i was um you know obviously covering all different types of sport everything from rugby cricket netball um i did a lot of boxing commentary um a lot of boxing reporting um which flew i got to fly to you know to vegas and um and to germany and, and places which were a long way away for someone from new zealand and and um, I've got a, a really good kind of overall appreciation for all the different sports that New Zealand tend to compete in. And, and um, I really enjoyed it. But then, then I got a, um, I got a, a visa to come over to the UK. And I don't know how much you know about visas, but at that time I could get like a two year visa and then I'll have mm -hmm. to go and then I'd have to go home. Um, and so I decided to just, do whatever I wanted in Monday to Friday job instead of getting into sport. Um, I was like, I ain't doing that. Um, I want to get on the booze and travel and stuff in the weekends. So I kind of avoided being a sports, get the sports stuff um, for, for about a year. And then um, uh, someone kind of put me in touch with the guys, these guys that were starting a company called Rugby Radio. Mm-hmm. And so I got to know these guys and what that all it was was like fans commentating rugby games. And we were commentating, I was commentating a rugby game, like that was during the 2015 Rugby World Cup. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty uh, low budget kind of stuff. Like we, for example, me and my mate were commentating a game uh, and we were watching the game in our living room on a TV and just having gins just red ball and gin red ball and vodka maybe it was it sounds more like it and we were we were sitting there and um just commentating these games and um they the, the guys from rugby radio really enjoyed it and they but then that was it didn't hear from them for a while um you know again didn't want to commentate all the games at the rugby world cup because i wanted to be a fan i wanted to watch it i didn't want to be working i wanted to enjoy it and then they came back about six months later and they're like we want to we want to start a podcast um we're going to call it the rugby pod and we want you to host it and we're going to try and find two other people um for your panel mm -hmm. and i was like yeah i'm keen like sounds like a good sounds like good fun and um and it would be good to just sort of keep my finger in that sports media world yeah, high yeah. for example so um and so i started doing that and they were like oh um and they go, okay, yeah, first episode is with this guy, Jim Hamilton, and a guy, Andy Good. Do you know who they are? I, like, I haven't got a clue. 
I don't know who these guys are. <laughs> Seriously, I I had never heard of them. I don't know who they were. Um, you know, we we don't really in New Zealand that like you 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 keep tabs from a distance on what's happening over here, but the reality is a lot of the games are played during the middle of the night in New Zealand time. Um, yeah. You know, any any game that's played during the daytime over here, which is most games, um, is the middle of the night in New Zealand. So unless you've got a, a reason previously to, or some sort of affiliation to a team, it's not often it, that you're actually going to watch It just doesn't game. work out, yeah. Yeah, it's like, what, what, why am I going to get up and watch Harlequins? Like, I don't know who, I don't know them. I don't know who they are. And it comes across as a bit arrogant, but it's like, well, I don't, we, we don't know who they are. <laughs> we'd, we'd, we'd much rather watch our own teams and during the day uh, or, or our own teams at night. Um, so, so yeah, I didn't know who these guys were. And um, the first meeting with them, someone had sort of written me, written up all the all this information for me to, to work with. And um, yeah, rest is history, really. That, but that's that's how that's how the rugby pod came about. Oh, amazing! I want to get back to you about the rugby because I was gonna. I was going to very much leave the rugby pod to a little bit at the end because I want I want it to be about the Andy Rose show. Like if I wanted to talk about the rugby pod, I'd talk about yeah, sure. I'd get the team up, but I'm going to turn back and talk about the end because it sounds like you've got some great stories from there. I want to go back to rugby radio and you're talking about because we had a thing that used to be on telly here, and some of the some of my old like my listeners will probably recognise this more than you. They had a thing on Sky Sports called Fan Zone, and they literally got a fan like stereotypical beer belly tattooed skinhead football fan, and they right. put, they put him in the game. They, yeah, they put them in a booth with a fan from the opposite team, and they'd just be the boat, the pair of them just going like, like you said, sat in a sat in a room drinking gins and just commentating the game. So how did that, like, how did that come about, and how did they decide you were the one for that? Because I'm, I'll be honest, if somebody so, came well, up to me and said we'd do it, I'd be all for it. If somebody's like, yeah. Well, well, someone, someone that um, knew me saw it, just saw a face Facebook post that they were looking yeah. for people that wanted to commentate games. And by that stage, um, I'd already commentated, like I'd commentated uh, an All Blacks game at Twickenham against England. Like I'd commentated um, games in New Zealand. I'd commentated boxing. So I, I was quite experienced by that point. Um, and, and someone was just like, a, a mate of mine just tagged me in this Facebook post and they got hold of me. I was, I got, I had a chat with them, met up with the, the boss, this guy, Fred, who was running it, and he was just really impressive with the way that he laid out his plan on um, how they had investors and they had a, they had a, a plan, a business model, and they they had structure and they had marketing, they had everything sorted out. And I was just super impressed by um, by what he was saying, and um, and wanted to be a part of it. You know, when you, someone comes up to you and they kind of tell you about this opportunity, and um, mm-hmm. and and it's opportunity that they had and they missed out on back in the day. And I was thinking like, this is the opportunity that I didn't want to miss out on. This is like this. I believed a lot in this guy, this guy, Fred, I just believed in what he was saying and, um, and his vision and his organization around it. And there, there was never any surprise that, um, that everything worked out the way it did, but yeah, basically that that's how that's how I got onto the rugby radio. Someone just tagged me in a Facebook post. Man, that's incredible. Because like I don't I think if somebody was to do that here, I think that would take off. Because I do you, you know Gogglebox the show? Yeah. Yeah, me and my mates. Well this was this this happened this happened in the UK. This rugby radio stuff happened when I was in, in London. Did it? 
that was some, I thought you said yeah, it was in New yeah, Zealand. So, no, no, no. It was. It was something. No, no. It happened. It happened when I was in London. I, I, that, that's where I met all these guys. That's where the so the rugby yeah. radio guys with the rug and now the rugby pod. They were yeah. rugby radio back in the day, and and that that's why like, I was over here, and someone tagged me in that um in that Facebook post. To and I met this guy in London, and and, and we did it. The 2015 World Cup was over here, so there's quite a bit of noise about it, quite a bit of excitement, and um yeah, that's and, and so I commentated. One or two games for them, and yeah, they came back after a couple few months and asked me if I wanted to do a podcast. Ah, see, that's why I was confused because I was like, "How has somebody in London found you in New Zealand commentating on an English World Cup for the rugby pod?" But that makes so much sense if you're over yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was, I was like, the guy's really done his due diligence on finding the perfect host if he's gone to the other side of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was all, it was all by chance. It was all by chance. It was all someone trying to, someone that I'd helped out. I'd, I'd, I'd help fund it. I helped fund this um, person a job. And then they were like, oh, mm-hmm. help. And then they, they thought they were helping me out by just tagging me in this rugby radio post. And it turns out they were. <laughs> and like you said, the rest is no history. Yeah. I mean, I was spoke exactly. to you. You said, you, yeah, you said, I'm suddenly like there. You said you covered quite a lot of sports. Does that happen? Because. I, I didn't know I enjoyed this broadcasting and talking and interviewing as much as I did until I started the podcast because I knew I always liked people's stories, but I didn't know how much I enjoyed being the one not interviewing because I hate to think of this as an interview. I, I don't like the term interview because I like things conversation, but I didn't realize how much I enjoyed being the one that gets the story out of them and helps them find the interesting parts they forgot. So when you were interviewing all these sports, how did that feel? Like, re- Did you have previous backgrounds and stuff like cricket and netball like you were saying? From New Zealand, or was somebody just like, "Oh, you've got the netball this Friday. Be there at half five and you're like, "Oh crap! I don't know what the positions are." No, you, well, you, you learn a lot being on a sports desk. So you, you wouldn't go straight into commentary. Yeah. So you go, you you go into being a sports reporter, and you, you'd start off as a junior, which I did, and you would get um, there'd just be stories. There'd be uh, someone else might have done an interview that was on air, and you have to go through and cut out. The newsworthy bits and then you over time you get just get familiar with the people's names the content um you get familiar with the, who's in charge of what sport you get familiar with the coaches the players the physios mm-hmm. you know everyone in every sport because you're constantly writing news stories um and and um and interviewing people and then after a while you you kind of graduate into being you know you might host a show uh, or you might get an opportunity to do like sideline commentary um, at basketball or sideline commentary at the rugby um, or, or, or netball or whatever it is. And um, and you grow from there and you do a good job at that and then you become the commentator. And then it kind of works like works like that. You, you just work your way up slowly, you get opportunity and opportunities and um, and, and you just got to make sure that you, you, take the, you take them when they come. Yeah, I, I get. I know exactly what you mean. Just yeah, just back yourself every time something comes towards you. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So what did you what did you make of the Olympics? Are you, have you are you one of those people in the Olympics is on? You become a sudden pro at every sport you're watching. Like I remember um, we you were know in. What? Like. Okay, I'm sorry. Go on. Go on. Oh no, I was going to say because we were in um, so we were in Manchester. We were doing a charity football game for the mental health group I'm involved with. And I was with um, I was with Bristol Women's head coach Tom Lindsay and our other friend Tom Holm, who's the organizer of the mental health group. And we were watching something on somebody's phone. I think it was the Taekwondo or it was the Judo or something like that. 
and none of us have ever even been to a single class of it. And then you're sat there like screaming at this phone and being like, oh, you've got to get more headshots. You're, you're doing so poorly and you, you don't have a clue about the sport. Is that, is that how you become when you watch the Olympics? Or are you just like, I'm just going to sit and watch it as a fan? No, I, I try and understand a sport when I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. I, I really try and understand what's going on. And, you know, if, if someone's not getting a headshot, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find, a, find out why. Like, what's, what's, what's so hard about that? What, why can't they do it? Or, like, what is it that, you know, if they're doing high jump, like, what are these terms that they're saying? I, I do find it quite interesting learning about different sports. But, yeah, of course, like, of course, you start becoming experts on things. Like, you know, when you, the more you watch something, yeah, the more you think you know more than other people about it. But um, I don't really watch that much the Olympic. Like, I found I find it quite hard because, like, um, as you said, so many Taekwondo things on. I don't no. give a shit about Taekwondo. <laughs> There's so many Taekwondo um, events, and it just felt like that was on all the time, especially because you had so many British ones. And I'm only really interested in. Um, in the, the like, well, I'm more interested in the New Zealand athletes when they're performing. So I had to go out of my way to try and find out when they were on and then try and find a stream somewhere where I could watch it because mm-hmm. they, you know, they show all the British stuff in Britain, don't they? And likewise in New Zealand, they show all the New Zealand stuff. So it's quite hard to get into the Olympics when you're not in your home country you, yeah. and there's no crowds. I was about to say the exact same thing because I always wondered this because, like you said, I was watching it as a British person watching the British people. So I was all right, but like, what's it like as a Kiwi in Britain trying to watch the Olympics? Are you just kind of like, you're not really giving me enough here to watch what I want to watch, or is it, is it, is it yeah, fair? Yeah, like, just or? like I said, yeah, like I, it's not. It, it, it's you don't you find it really hard to relate to it because mm-hmm. you don't know these people, you don't care if they win. Uh, and so, like, that's the sport, you know, a sport you want, you want to know, you want to have some sort of investment in it. You want to want, you want one team to win. Otherwise, why are you watching it? Whereas if you're watching it and you don't know who they are and you don't know who um, you want to win, there's not much point and you're not going to get excited about the contest, are you? No, exactly. Did you see um, that Ruby Tui's interview on BBC? Yeah, she was great, wasn't she? Yeah, she's good. She, yeah, she she went viral. Good on her too. Yeah, she's it was good. It was good. Like she she's a really good advertisement for for New Zealand. I think. Like, um, I mean, what a personality. I I said the same thing because we were um, so we were lucky enough to go to the Lions in 2017, and I said and everybody, all my friends were doing it was doing the rounds. Like you said, it went viral, and I was like, I think that's the most stereotypical New Zealand way of celebrating a win I've ever seen. Because it was just there was there was such humility in it, and there was no. There's no bragging about it. It was you'd think she'd almost lost the way she was being so gracious in defeat or gracious in victory. Yeah, I mean, New Zealanders get a little stick over here for being arrogant Kiwis. Like, you know, we do expect the All Blacks to win. We do. We just like it's yeah. it's, it's what we, we're we're just super proud of it. But at the same time, like, um, we're really embarrassed of people that don't behave well when they win. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are those in New Zealand that are like that, but. Um, and the majority of them aren't like you don't. You know, <laughs> humility is such a big thing um, in in that country, especially um, uh, like Maori people, like uh, Ruby Tui, like they're they're extremely like they've just got such a high level of humility and so humble, and um, that's that's what she portrayed, and that's what she. Put out there, and um, that's why she was such a good representation of 
um, not just New Zealand, but like the people especially. Mm-hmm. Oh no, they were they were so lovely. They were so welcoming. Um, so we went to. Um, I don't even want to try to pronounce it because I know I'll butcher it and really offend. So it was. Um, I think it's just outside Rotorua. It's like the oldest living Maori village. I can never remember it. It begins with a W P H sounding, and then it's quite like I don't want to say it because I don't want to get it wrong. But they have a go. Is it? It's Wa Faka Wira or like my Scottish accent doesn't help anything. But it was. Is he the outside Rotorua? I'm not sure. It was one of the yeah. I know, the I know where the Rotorua is. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah, was, yeah. I'm not. I'm not quite sure of the place you're talking about. I don't know the area that well. Like I've been to Rotorua and I've been, you know, Hamilton and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm not quite sure of the village you're talking about. Oh, it, it was there, and then it was such an opening for the lifestyle because we just spoke to one. And this this guy there obviously had a lot of visitors through the Lions tour, and he said he'd yeah, always wanted yeah. to come. He said he'd never been to Scotland, so we gave him one of our jerseys from our local club here. And he was like, he was oh, like so nice. over the moon. Yeah, he was so. I, it's not, it's not a good jersey to have. We're not a very high-profile team, but <laughs> <laughs> oldest, oldest club in Scotland, though. So that's a bit of heritage that he's got on his wall somewhere. Oh, nice. He would love that. Yeah. Oh, nice. He did, and he was like, he was so thankful for it, and it was, you know, it was a very infectious way that they share and just open up to people because it was like I said, I gave him like a twenty-pound shirt that cost me or something, and I bought it off the yeah. team. And he was, and he looked like I'd just given him, I don't know, say enough money to live the rest of your life and never have to worry about cash again. And it's just, it's, right. it's just like a nice way to see how people react to different things in the world, especially in Britain, where everybody's wanting something for nothing, and everybody was very open up and just willing to share whatever they had, even if they had very little. Oh, nice, nice. That's good to hear. That's just a little story to remind you of home there, but. Yeah, 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 sure enough. <laughs> Speaking of 2017, I suppose I should probably ask you about it. I know the rugby pod came out today. It's on my phone of notifications to listen to, but what did you make of the Lions tour? Did you enjoy it or were you... The, the one in 2017 or 2021? No, 20, 2021. Yeah, it was good. Like, um, it was good. Like, I, was, um, I was definitely, yeah, I was definitely going for the spring box. Um, <laughs> So was that just, was, was that just to wind up the other one. two, or was that just a <laughs> no? More like it's it's just a uh, they're a Southern Hemisphere team, aren't they? Yeah. And you know that the the Northern Hemisphere can often um, looks down on the Southern Hemisphere the way that our refs behave, our way that um, you know the way that we play the game, or um, or especially like financially as well. I think. Yeah. Um, the the way that they treat the southern hemisphere, and um, so I feel like I'm all well. I don't feel like I know. I'm always gonna go for a southern hemisphere team over a northern hemisphere team, because um, it's also like that kind of, and also the fact that you've we we play the Springboks, so it's a good gauge. You know, if the Springboks beat the British and Irish Lions, and then everyone's saying they're the world's best team, it's like boom, we've got a great test match coming up because we're playing the yeah. Springboks this year, and it means so much more. So that's you know always going to go for the Springboks over any Northern Hemisphere outfit every every single time. Uh, I was just, I was kind of just a bit over it by the time the third test got there. I was just. I think like you said about yeah, the Olympics, yeah. the fans really didn't, no fans really didn't help. Yeah, it kind of takes it out of it a little bit, doesn't it? But I think like by the time the tests came around, the tests were good, 
good fun to watch. I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't get into any of the other games. No. Just wasn't interested. I think that the, the yeah, the Springboks were like the South African teams weren't able to field their best teams. That most of them were in the camp. Um, in the Springbok camps, I think the Springbok camp where they have like 40 or 50 play- players in the camp, so like all the best players, you know, were not available for the for the other games. So that that changed things a lot. Um, and no one wants to see blowout scores each week with no crowds. Like, what's the point in watching that? No, I was the exact same. I was just, I think the I I, I remember what was it. Alan Rowland that said it the other he was like it was the worst advert for rugby the previous two months or something, which I thought was a bit I thought it was a bit harsh. I didn't think it was, like, it wasn't the best test test series we're ever going to see, but I thought it was a bit harsh to say it was the worst advert for rugby I've ever seen. Yeah, no, I don't even think it was an advert for rugby. I don't think anyone was watching it. That's the point. Like no one, no one that didn't, no one that didn't watch rugby, no one that was like, no one that was uh, I, the only people that would have watched that. It, a full-on rugby fans and yeah you're not wanting to advertise to them are you, you want to advertise to the people that to, to bring them in and mm-hmm. it wasn't an advert at all because there was like who the hell is going to watch any of that that doesn't know rugby there's no drama every team was getting mm-hmm. smashed by 50 60 points there's no crowd so there's no atmosphere so there's no height it was it was like a pretty poor representation of a Lions tour. Um, you know, but in saying that, like, of course, they did great to get it on. There's no doubting that. There's no doubting, like, the, what it meant to South Africa to, to make it happen. and They needed it to happen, and I'm glad it did happen. Yeah. Um, but as for, as, as like, if you're, if you're asking the question, was it a good adver- advertisement for rugby? No, it wasn't. <laughs> you couldn't possibly yeah. argue that it, that it was. Because no, no one else was watching it apart from rugby fans. No, I completely agree. Right, mate, I want to talk to you about the Andy Rule show because, as I said before, coming on air, I was a bit late Go to on. the party, but I've been really enjoying it. The stuff, I, the stuff that you had with the guy from Game Changers, I thought was brilliant. I got a chance to listen to that today. So, how did how did oh, the nice. Andy? I'm glad you enjoyed that, mate. I I really genuinely enjoyed it. I'm not even just saying that because you're here. Because, like I said, I got in contact with nice. you just to talk to you about your interviews before I even asked you to come on here. But, Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did how did the Andy Rose show come about? Yeah, how did the Andy Rose show come about? I when you listen to the rugby pod, uh, Mm. you would notice that um, my role on there is very much um, taking a backwards back seat, letting other people interview, yeah, uh, letting other people speak. And you know, it wasn't always the, the case. You know, when I was talking about earlier that I wanted to be a sports reporter and like, you know, you hosting shows and commentating games and all that kind of stuff, that was always my goal and to have my own show. And um, there's a certain way and a certain type of pe- person that takes to host a show. And they've got to be like really upbeat. They've got to be this, they've got to be that. And there's like a mold that people have got to fit and a style that people have got to aspire to, to, become a certain type of broadcaster to host a radio show so when i was on the and i was always that was what i was always going to do and then with the rugby pod i was kind of um started off like that and then the more i realized that my role in the show was not to bring the information um it was to get the information um it was to facilitate 
it wasn't to be the star of the show. You don't need to be the star of the show to be effective in hosting a show. Sometimes that's your, um, you know, like when people, um, you know, I, I was very like aware that people didn't want to hear what I had to say when it came to all things rugby on the rugby shows. Like I'm, I never played for England or Scotland. Goody and Jim did. Um, so I learned how to interview and how to how to ask and how to I, I learned my style and my craft. Uh, I honed it uh, in, in, in five years working on, on the rugby pod. So what I wanted to do is exploit that craft um, by starting my own show. And the reason why I called it the Andy Rowe show was because media is a thing about branding, right? Like yeah. if you want your if you want to do well in media, people got to know your name. And I knew that my changing the name of my podcast now. <laughs> well, it depends. You might not. You gotta let, let me finish here. So so like yeah, so so I knew that my interviews were not gonna be about um, my personality. I knew that they were gonna be all about the person that's on the other end of the mic, the person I'm being that I'm interviewing. And I knew that if I could do that. Um, then I could create a good show. I could create what is essentially the same sort of format that you've got in the rugby pod, but with a different person each week um, that's talking about a different topic, that's talking about a different life. And if I could, if I could keep that same format and get this, get this, get the same out of these other guests, um, then I could create something that would be successful. And so, so that's what I did, and that's and and, and it's worked. Like it, it's the feedback that we get is epic. Like the the press that we're starting to get is amazing, um, and the the guests that are coming on, like it, it all just comes down to the guests. And if the guest is great, then as long as I've done my research, I'm, we're, we're going to get a good podcast every single time. Mm-hmm. No, you're 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 doing a beautiful. I feel like you've got my notes because you're doing a beautiful good job of segueing. Because I was going to discuss to you the the troubles and the difficulties of hosting a podcast, and you've reached it perfectly. So when you, how do you find? What do you find most difficult about doing a podcast? Because I'm I'm think we might be the same. Of I definitely find getting a guest is the most difficult part of a podcast. Yeah, yeah, it, it can be like in in the beginning, it definitely is. Because you're getting, um, you're getting a lot of uh, you get you get a lot of no's. You get, you get people saying no, or you, you know. But then I think, I think the research that uh, I do is is quite difficult as well. Like I know that um, my point of difference is in a podcast is not going to be um, because I'm funny. It's not going to be because I can tell a story. It's not going to be my personality is not going to be the thing that makes my podcast better than everyone else's might that's not going to ever be my point of difference I'm not saying that i can't tell a story i haven't got a personality or i can't tell a funny joke from time to time but there's so many more people out there that are going to be way better at it than me and they're not just going to be better at it they're going to be amazing at it so give up that fight sometimes and say that's not me that's not where i'm going to win where I'm going to win is where is by outworking people and, and out researching people. And that's, that's the, that's the hard part is creating the time um, and giving up the time 
to, to do the research and and that yeah yeah you're talking about like for for 30 minutes content it might be 12 hours research yeah. just to find all that the good the best stuff so um that that i think that can be the hard part um mm -hmm. but it's also the fun part it's also the bit that i enjoy a lot as well because you're like oh my god i've got some good stuff here yeah, I was gonna say, I completely agree. There's nothing more satisfying than when you're doing your research and you get that little nugget. Because I don't know, because I'm, I'm quite lucky. And a few of my, a lot of my guests haven't really had the exposure of podcasts, so like a lot of their story was pretty unknown. But I can imagine for yourself when you get these guests on, like you find that one nugget, you think, I've never heard him talk about that before, and anything I've heard him talk about. And then, it, mm. like you say, it, it creates that little golden nugget of content where you get people like me messaging you going, that story was really good. I really like that bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's just about like, um, trying to find all the stuff you can find to, to read about that person mm -hmm. and finding out what they know, what they're good at talking about, um, what, what, what topics that they're really good on and, and that kind of stuff. And that's, that, that's, that's, a, that's well for me that that's what i think the key is whether, whether it is or not i don't know but that's what i feel like it is and that's what um that's that's my point of difference um like i said like there's always going to be a funnier person there's always going to be a, a better storyteller but um i can't imagine anyone's going to outwork me when it comes to research ever exactly there's only one andy rule so that's you fine <laughs> I wish there were more sometimes to help, help, help me do a bit more research. Just need a team. <laughs> Just two or three would be grand. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So what made you decide to have the podcast? Because obviously you come from the sports background, you come from the sports background, you come from the rugby pod. Was it a conscious objective to make the Andy Rose show not sports-based? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was. It was, it was um, sorry. Mate, I'm, I'm the same. I'm roasting. My sunlight, the sun is directly in front of my window, so I'm roasting. <laughs> Mate, you look like you're melting. <laughs> um, I'm just Scottish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it was a conscious decision to um, to stay away from rugby. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've been offered rugby guests um, to, to go on the go on the Eddie Rowe show, but it's not um, – I want to really step away from that. Um genre um to to try and find stuff that i'm interested in about like I'm, that, you know there's so many there's so many more things that, that are interesting than just talking about mm -hmm. rugby and talking about sport and i find i've you know worked as a sports reporter as i said for so for so long that i didn't um want to get stuck in doing that as well because there's there's loads of people getting interviewed about sports stuff all the time i'd never rule out a sports person or a rugby person but i, I do actively try and stay away from where i can it, it just kind of depends on the person as well if you've got someone that's like amazing talent that's real good chat and got some awesome stories then you know, you're not just going to stay and say no to them on the basis that they play rugby or, 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 mm. or play another sport but um i just thought there's just so many topics out there that that are, that are interesting enough to, to not have to focus on sport. Mm -hmm. No, I, I agree because I, I very much, and I made this in mind, that's why I get people like you and I've had Bruce on and I had uh, sports journalist Matt Hardy. I had people like, so 
because what people see is there's so much that goes on like like you'll know yourself there's so much accessories to sport rather than just the people that play the sports in the in the field ring match equestrian center or whatever it is in the pool and then i like you said is you're so conscious to try get them but then as as you're starting out i didn't know whether you would you would do a few to get the ball rolling because I, I just from people I know I've definitely found it easier to get rugby guests on because I don't know anybody in any other sports. So and what I'm saying is I'm very impressed you've managed to get such a diverse set of guests on straight away because I've got a lot of a yeah, lot of Instagram thanks. messages that are left on red. Which <laughs> is just seen and not replied. I'm like, oh well. What you have? Yeah, I've got a few of just seen. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just I just felt that um if there was a if there was a good rugby player we could interview them on the rugby pod couldn't we so mm-hmm. um and i wanted to sort of set a standard if they're not good enough to go on the rugby pod then they probably weren't going to be good enough <laughs> to go on my show like why like why why you know if the goal is to have the number one podcast you've got to try and set that standard as early as you can and and have the number one guest mm-hmm. and that's i think we're, we've We've done a pretty good job of that. The team's done a really good job of that. Um, and, you know, we're continuing to get really good people that are interested in, in, in chatting to us. So um, that we, we haven't had to talk to rugby people yet. Not ruling them out. Like, if there's a good one, <laughs> we'll have a chat to them. Have you ever, have you ever had an episode that you've done yet where you just thought either I want to reshoot this because it didn't feel that good to me or have you ever had an episode and just gone, this is a bit shit. I'm just gonna bin it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a few. We've got a few. I think there's probably about three of them that we're just sitting there that we haven't used. Um, I'm not gonna name them, um, but like, you know, there was one person that uh, you know had a. It's quite a, a big name. Like you, like everyone would know who the person is. Um, I did so much research. Um, did so much research so i did like it worked out to be over 24 hours 24 hours of research so i'm not Jesus saying i just did Christ. a day researching for, it was over 24 hours of research for this yeah. interview um and then it came on like like just before the interview i got an email from his publicist saying oh you've only got three quarters of an hour with him now i'm like shit okay um he comes on and it, it just like it just didn't flow it was just a bit awkward um and uh you know did the interview got a couple of good bits yeah. but like it just wasn't up standard so we, we didn't we didn't use it and then another time like uh you know i, I read this guy's book um I, I read this book about this guy who was um shot down during the Iraq War, uh, the Gulf War, a couple of years, uh, like in, in the early nineties, um, and so read his book. We read two of his books actually, and we got him on the podcast. And it, he was late. Right, we we had a one hour slot with him. And he was late, and then he came on, um, and he was just real. He was like, "Oh, is this for? Is this going to be for radio? And or is is this is this going to be visual as well?" 
was like, we're recording the Zoom, and so it's going to be visual and, and for, for podcasts, it's going to be both. So, okay, I'll go and get changed then. It storms off, goes goes gets changed, comes down. And, he's, and then I, so I, start, I, was like, I, I started asking the questions about his book. And he's like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about the book. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. He's like, I don't want to talk about the book. I don't want to go through what happened in the book. I'm like, well, that's what well, we've done. The research is all, is, is all, on, is all on the book. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, well, I, I made it really clear. I didn't want to talk about the book. I was like, you didn't make it. You, you didn't make it clear. You didn't want to talk about the book. I was like, what the hell am I talking? Why, why does he think I'm interviewing him? So I ended up like he was quite disrespectful. So I, I ended up saying like, I think you've been a bit disrespectful to, to, to me and my team. Like, we've done a lot of research on you. We've done read all your books, and um, I'm just going to end the interview. So end, ended the interview. I later found out that through other people that were um, that had worked um, with him before that he did he already had a reputation of being a bit prickly anyway but yeah. oh, i was just i was just really disappointing that um, i felt like crying afterwards like i was so gutted because it's like what like what, what why why would he come on why would he come on the podcast if he talk like what, what does he think he's famous for i was gonna say what does he think what does he think anyone it's, there's nothing i don't know the guy apart from his book yeah. Um, and 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 his book publicist had organised the interview. <laughs> I'm like, what? Well, what do you want to talk about, mate? Like, what's anyway? So that 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 didn't work out. Another couple like that I've I've done interviews for where um, I've uh, you know the the interview just the interviews has been good, but it hasn't been good enough. We yeah. just. You get to the end of the interview and you think it's all right. And I've got two other people that edit my all my interviews. So I do I do the research, I do the interview, and then I give it to my producer to um, edit, and then he gives and then so he edits it, and then someone else edits it. So I kind of wash my hands of it in, in a way that allows um, us to be objective about the interviews that we release and the interviews that we don't. Because if I've done all that research. I'll be attached to wanting to share my work. I've done so much work, I want to share it. So mm-hmm. it's really important that you have people that are objective at the end of the process that can say, I didn't actually get much out of that. People like the, the guys that you know, I really respect their decisions and they, they'll they make calls, you know, that I might not like them, but um, at the end of the day, like, it's, no, like if they, if they don't like something, then no one's gonna like it. I quite, so, I, I quite like that. that. I like that. That takes a lot of. It takes a lot of, like you said, just like mental toughness as well to be like, because I assume you obviously get the final say of this is going out or if it's not. But people come to, but but to have to have the be no, not really. Be, like, it's it's really collaborative. Um, you've got to. I think. I think it's really important to um, to make sure that people do know that their opinions are valid and taken on board and you know if we're in it together like yeah you know it, if we're all if we've all got a shared interest in it being successful mm-hmm. then you you've got to value other people's opinions and especially especially when you know 
deep down that you want to release something because you put so much work into it, then you have to you have to be able to kind of step away a little bit and go, that's why I want it to go out. Yeah. Um, and, and and trust in other people's opinions. That like you know you're not always going to bow down to other people's opinions. You could still push it, but it's not like um, it's not like I've ever said that someone else was wrong about whether something should go out or not. I'll, I'm always on board with what they say. Yeah, that's that's what I was trying to get across. The the mental toughness to go right. Well, you two, you two are well. You might you might not be correct, but you two, I value your to your opinion enough to go right close the book on that we'll just chuck it to the side and we'll start something else and we'll go again well it's a weapon isn't it it's a, it's yeah. a weapon to make sure that your your um your standards are always high mm-hmm. it's 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 knowing that you know you can be objective about everything and not be too attached to stuff that you just want to push it out because you think it's all right like you, you yeah I, I think it's what what um makes our podcast like so successful is that we've got people that will uh, say that's not good enough mm-hmm. and you know if if you've got if and if and you know if, if people are right often enough then you kind of just back the decision but that, i think i think it's a massive massive weapon that we've got is that it is collaborative and people will let you know where they stand on the content um in our team mm-hmm. And that's really, really important. I think it makes us really strong. Yeah. No. I well. I mean, your your podcast is case in point. I've not I've not listened to one that I've thought's not up to scratch yet. So they're still doing all right. Oh, there's a couple. There's a couple. <laughs> if, you get a te- if you get a text me, going, not sure about minutes two twenty through thirty three in this one, but. <laughs> No, yeah, I, wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't be that harsh because you've come you've come back to mind with a fine tooth comb and go. I'm not sure about episodes one through ten, which would be impressive as I'm on episode eight. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I've got. I'm doing too much. Too much time researching. You know. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, mate, any any feedback is good feedback. As long as it's constructive, any feedback is good feedback in my book. So. Then you get the trolls that are just like your podcast shit because it's you and I've known you since I was from school. I'm like, thanks, mate. <laughs> oh, nice. nice. It's always nice when someone does that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, it doesn't kill me, it makes me stronger, is what I tell myself. Right, mate. So we're approaching the I end, so. and then <laughs> yeah, that's what I like to think anyway. Right, so we're approaching the end, but before we go, I do want to talk a little bit about the rugby pod because you are one third of the world's top rugby podcast, and a lot of my listeners are rugby as I get myself off the ground here. So you got yourself on the rugby pod. Your mate was in London. So are you so are you drunk, drunkenly commentating on games? Like you said, you didn't know who Andy Good and Jim were. What was that first episode like when you all sat down to record that? Oh, it was it was all right. It was like um, it was. I I had I had all the, you know we prepped the show. I'd already prepped the show. Um, I had people prep the show um, with me. Um, so we knew what we wanted to talk about. Uh, it was <laughs> I've never gone back and listened to it I imagine it would be quite awkward um, but it was the episode where um, Jim just started telling the story about Rabbit Gate and about the um, yeah. Scotland's World Cup training and um, uh, when they I think they were in France they were somewhere anyway and they were climbing up a mountain and then they had to kill some rabbits and um, anyway it got into the front page of the um, Scotland <laughs> 
Herald or whatever, what Scotland uh, Sunday Times or whatever it was, and um, that's kind of what launched the podcast. So I think like the key um, with those guys is that they are both great speakers. So mm-hmm. um, whenever you're around them, or whenever I'm working with them, I, I know not much is expected of me as far as talking. I know I'm just there to make sure the next thing happens and, and that we kind of keep on moving forward. So, but I'm always like, you know, I learned pretty quickly in that first episode that these guys can talk. It's like, yeah, it isn't going to be a problem. Um, we're not going to have any dead air. Uh, they, you know, both smart dudes, both clever, funny guys with good knowledge in rugby. So, um, and that, uh, yeah, that's the, you know, that's why the rugby point is, so well known is because uh-huh. they are pros and they're both very very good at it um so that's um yeah the first episode yeah i don't i never felt like it was awkward or weird but um i imagine it probably was looking back on it com- comparing it to where we are now but um they were they were both great i, I just remember jim telling his rabbit story and just like what is going on here yeah that was good how, so when you, like you say, when you talk to German, they just come out with all these stories. Has there ever been a case where you've just kind of been like, surely that can't be true? Like you've just like sort of covered the mic and be like, right, pause the recording. Like, are you are you talking out your arse here, or are you just genuinely telling the truth? Like, is there anything that's ever been like uh, yeah. bullshit, Jim? <laughs> oh, well, there's there's been loads, but we've never <laughs> stopped. We just let them keep going because often with Jim's stories, it's better than the truth. <laughs> it's just when you're caught up in them sometimes and you're like, I was there, I was involved in that, and that 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 never happened. <laughs> and like that's not that's not what happened, but you just you strap yourself in and you, you just listen to the story and, and know that like actually his version is better than the real version. Because he's <laughs> such a good storyteller. And yeah, you know, I was caught up in that when we were you know <laughs> we were we were over in New Zealand for the Lions tour. Mm-hmm. And um, I was sleeping on this like fold out bed, and and Jim and Jim came up, and we all had jet lag, so we we're waking up at like three in the morning, four in the morning. Jim came into the living room, and I'm lying there, um, eating uh, um, eating some these they're called the snacks in New Zealand, so they're like these biscuits that you can dip mm-hmm. into like this really gooey cheese, so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was sitting there, I was like chewing on like eating eating those, and um uh there was the next thing you know when he's telling the story is that i was um lying there eating cat food and like <laughs> and the, the the way that he's told the story was so much more funnier than the true story it's just like oh yeah well, this is good everyone's yeah. laughing let it go it's good <laughs> but there's so many instances where you're just like how's he how has he so quickly turned this into such a brilliant story mm-hmm. um, he's very 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 good at it and it's 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 good it's 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 really impressive to watch like it blows your mind how quickly he can turn a normal chat a normal everyday occurrence into something so funny and so outrageous he just knows which bits to just judge up at the right times he's yeah it's it's always it's always a bit of fun i know i think he's dead did you see if he became like a scottish talk show host like he became his own version of the graham norton I think it'd be the most must-see telly in the UK. Because like you say, he can, he can take a boring <laughs> sentence of you going, I had jet lag and I was eating crackers at 3am and next thing you know, you've got like a running joke that's over 200 episodes long and stuff like that. 
yeah 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 exactly exactly that's that's jim yeah no he's he's he's, he's a bit of a genius in that respect I know. I, exactly i say i was discussing this with my mate bruce the other day he does the happinesses podcast just advertising every podcast on my own but it's, it's really good if you ever want to listen jim's done an episode jim's done if you want an example of a brilliant story that's not that good a story but made a good story jim's on that and he talks about how he went to the world cup with alan jacobson if you i don't know if you remember alan jacobson the little scottish oh, prop champ. Here. yeah yeah yeah. yeah, and they talk yeah. about how they room they room together. So you can imagine those two iconic Scottish rugby characters rooming together, and it's it's a it's yeah, a bit yeah. non it's a non stop fifteen minute just try not to laugh with your headphones in and look like a weirdo in a public place. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's fun. Like, yeah, I've heard that story as well. I think when it's like, yeah, when you came back drunk and you know playing the game of his life or something like that. But yeah, no, it's it, it's you're exactly right. Like, you can just. I can tell an amazing story. Yeah. So, what with the podcast? When did you? When were you like? This is it. This is we've made it. This is a proper. This is a proper rugby podcast. Like we are up there. Um, I don't know really. Like, I've never really felt like that. I feel. I think. I, I feel like we've we've been successful. I, I feel like. You know, you, I felt like we could do much, much better. Um, I've never felt like we're, we're made it, we're, we're done. Like, I, I just feel like there's so much growth left in it. Um, yeah, I've, I, I, I know that, like, it's legit and it's, you know, people know it and it's, you know, popular and we all were signed by Spotify. And, you know, we have live shows that sell out and that's awesome. Like, all that's awesome. Like, it's so great. You know that that's not normal for all podcasts. Um, and, you know, when we go to live shows and, you know, people get in there, like, wanting to hang out with you and stuff, you're like, what, you don't, these people that you've never met before, um, that, like, it's awesome. But it's not like, it doesn't feel like, the journey is anywhere near where it's heading. Um, it feels like there's a lot more growth in the rugby pod and it's going to end up somewhere a lot bigger. Um, mm. And, you know, that's that's why you keep coming back. Like, you, you're, you're on the journey, aren't you? And mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's why with... <coughs> sorry. Also with... Um, <coughs> sorry. It's also like with the Andy Rowe show, it's like you know that um, you go through like ups and downs and like the ratings go up and the ratings go down and um, you go through all that and you just, just from the experience of the journey that we've had on the rugby pod, like you know that sooner or later, if you keep putting out good content, it will like start to snowball the way you, you, think, you think it will and, and it will grow. But yeah, it's the rugby pod, I think like, there's just a lot more to come from the rugby pod as far as like where where we can go and what we can achieve. No, so tell tell me about live. Show. I'm really interested that you think it's not gone as far because I I when I when I do this I I copy I use I don't know if you find this when you listen to any other podcast if you manage to get a chance to listen to them between research but I now listen to podcasts completely differently of I listen to things that I want to implement into my own podcast. 
But then, so mm. it's really interesting because the rugby pod is one of the ones that's up there for most people. So for you to say, well, we still see ourselves as down here and we still have things that we look up and aspire to do is, is a really interesting, I suppose it comes with the mindset of like the people you are and like Goody is like your, like Jim is, you've all been at the top of everything you've done. So it's quite, it's quite, I don't know how to say it. It's, it's almost inspiring in a way to see the people that you think are at the top are still saying, no, there's still so much more we need to do to get better. Yeah, well, I think the grass always looks greener, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It's not always the case. Like it, I think um, if you start to feel like you know, you've, you've topped out, Mm-hmm. then people are just going to catch you. I know that sounds a bit cliche, but they will. Like you, You've got to be constantly searching for ways to improve and, and get better. I think it, it, there's so many uh, great podcasts and great personalities that are so many uh, you know, funny people, people, as I said earlier, like people that can tell stories, people that can... Um, you could go out there and you could put together... Um, a better podcast you could like you could put together people that are funnier that are people that are more intelligent people um that are better looking you might struggle with that i don't know but <laughs> yeah you're the, the the key the key for us is that because we've been doing it for so long as well we you know we've got that continuity um but we've also understand what works understand what doesn't um but also looking for that extra something that mm-hmm. always looking for that extra something that's going to make us better. Um, and, and, you know, I don't think we ever quite, you don't, I don't feel like we ever quite nail it, but, um, you know, you can certainly, you can certainly get close. Like you do get off, get off the end of a show sometimes and you're like, that was a really good show. It really felt good that, mm-hmm. you know, people are going to love that. Same when, you know, I did an interview with the Andy Rowe show, you're like, people are going to love this. But then that's done. Like, that's done. Like, that show's listened to. Mm-hmm. That interview's listened to. Those ratings have come and gone, and there's the next week. Like, how are you – what are you doing next week that's going to be better than last week, or how do you keep that standard up? And, and it's that constant pressure that you, you know, keeps you like thinking about you know we haven't made it if we had made it we'd have people that would be doing all that for us mm-hmm. um, but we we do it all like we you know we've got you know you're either, we're either doing the research you're putting together the questions we're finding the guests um it's not uh we definitely haven't made it you know <laughs> uh, no, i like i like because i remember i was watching I was watching an interview with a podcast host and I can't remember who it was for life of me, but he said that as well. He said, the worst thing about having a really good episode is you then have to make sure the next five episodes are even better because you're going to get all these people that mm. come in for that one and then the next five have to be just as good. Yeah. So my next, so yeah, my next like, one guests really need to step it up after this is what I'm going to tell them. <laughs> um, I don't know about that. I think you might have paid. Um, so if you um, <laughs> if you go back, um, <laughs> so quietly with that as well. I liked it. It's just so <laughs> yeah. quiet. Um, if you go back, like sometimes they get better as well. So it depends what kind of podcast you're doing as well. Sometimes, so like for example, if we pre-record ten people, yeah, we'll always put out the best, 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 best that we've got. So naturally, 
it's going to mm-hmm. tail off and tell like but you'll be doing interviews along the way that you know you're trying to boost up the quality again but we always um put put our best one out because like if you're if you come and listen to one of my podcasts on the andy Rowe show then you should um scroll through and and see if you like any other ones because they're all kind of they're all timeless they don't there's no most of them are uh, by timeless i mean they're not time sensitive so i you know, i might have a podcast coming up to, to christmas but i'll never talk about christmas or it might be in the middle of winter i'll never talk about the weather um so that people can listen to it any time and feel like it's relevant for the situation yeah but like if you look at um yeah, so the idea is that if you if you do listen to a podcast and you enjoy it, then you will go back and listen to the the ones that I've already done, mm-hmm. and that that's where uh, the standard might improve. You hopefully, <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. I I I'm getting inspiration from it, and I hope the listeners are getting inspiration from it, and that's what counts. Because I remember I said this, I said oh, this one, because well, one, one of my mates said that he was like. Because he, he was looking at my Twitter page for the Over in 80 Minutes podcast, and he was like, all you do is communicate and interact with other podcasts. And I'm like, well, yeah, because if everybody keeps making better podcasts, then it forces you to get better as well. So the standard just automatically becomes higher, and you have to work harder. Because there's no mm. point, like, like I'd be, I'm not going to walk around try claiming I'm the first person to ever have a podcast, because that would just be a blatant lie. <laughs> so you might as well acknowledge yeah, that you're yeah. in a competition and... Right, quickly, quickly before we go, because forget, I've only just realised I've looked at the timer and I'm taking up a lot of your time. But you, like you said, not many okay. other podcasts, not many other podcasts have live shows, and little that they sell out, and they're almost like a party with three guys with microphones at the middle. So, what's it like doing a rugby pod live show? And is oh, there is there any standout that. memories that you can remember? Hey, I, I, I they're the, my favourite part. It's my favourite mm-hmm. thing to do as a live show. Um, you know, we've only done one since the pandemic as well, yeah. and we did one recently. I, oh, it was so good. Like, it wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't like the old ones. Like, it was back, it was before the rules opened up, but yeah. we're sort of at socially distanced. But it was so, still like, I just loved it. The live shows, uh, you know, what, you know, what we live for. That's mm-hmm. that's when you, if you're thinking about when you've made it, that's that's as close as you'll get. Uh, to feeling like you made it, like the discussion we get to feeling like we've made it, because everyone there is a fan of the podcast. Everyone there knows you. Um, everyone kind of feel like they they can give you shit, and they know <laughs> what to give you shit about um, because they they've listened to the show, and like, the atmosphere is always perfect. So everyone's always had a couple of beers, a few beers, a handful of beers at least. Um, so they're always rowdy, they're always ready to get stuck in. They were the crowds are it's just nothing beats them. The rugby rugby pod crowds are so good, it's so much mm-hmm. fun. And and I I get the best seat in the house. I'm like literally I I, I have a couple of questions that I'll that are, you know to, to get the guys going and, and knowing that they will talk and talk and talk and talk. So there's no pressure on me whatsoever. So I can go in, I'll have a beer. And, and and basically get get things going and then um then i'll hand it over to the crowd and and, yeah. and ask be asking the crowd most of the time if they've got any questions and that's my job done and i love it and the crowds are always great we usually have a singer song at some point 
everyone's steamed, everyone's just getting stuck in, people chopping pints. It's so much fun. It's like it's my highlight of when I'm on the rugby pod by far. I'm I'm so glad I remember favorite part. I'm so glad when you were in Edinburgh, I remember and I tried my hardest to get tickets for me, my brother and my old man, because we all listened to the pod. And we were and we couldn't get tickets for love nor money. And I was so gutted because one of my friends did, and I think he must have he must have spent at least half his time on his phone Instagramming it, and it looked like the best time I've ever seen. Because there's a video of him and Jim having like a chop off race with the pints. Really? Yeah, and he's, oh, he's still close to Next time we go up there, give me a shout and I'll, I'll, I'll sort you out with, I'll put your name on the oh, door. Mate, don't, I'd, I'd give it such big looks if my name was on the door. <laughs> I'd be walking up, yeah. <laughs> mates, mates with Andy Rose, so just. Oh, we didn't, we're not going that far, just na- names on the door. Just name <laughs> you just got to don't, don't know him, mate. Next time we're in Edinburgh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get you along to the live show. Where, where, no where's worries. the best crowd ever been? Which has been the best show? Oh, not the best show, but who's been the best? Edinburgh. Crowd? Edinburgh was different. Edinburgh. Um, oh, there was. Edinburgh was. Oh, hang on. No, Wales was awesome as well. Cardiff was amazing. Um, it's been a, been a few. So I'd say Edinburgh. Edinburgh we did back to back shows. And I took my bagpipes yeah. and played the bagpipes there. Um, that was, and then John Barclay came in. Um, this was when he was the Scottish captain. He comes in on Thursday, chops some pints. I play the bagpipes, pipe them in, chops some pints goes and beats England in the Calcutta Cup on Saturday. That was amazing. Cardiff was pretty cool. Cardiff, we had um, uh, Andy Powell just kept, just told story after story. And it's like, Jesus yeah. Christ, Powell, like, he just has some outrageous, outrageous chat. It was awesome. And then uh, Flatiron Square in, in London yeah. is always a good crowd as well. Because they, you can fit a lot of people in there, and um, that's always a great time as well. How does it not feel a bit weird, like you were saying at the very start? All these people know you, and obviously you know none of them. So these people start rinsing you for things that you know you've said, you've said on a podcast, so you know it's out there. But does it not feel weird when you've got random Tom, Dick, and Harry being like, "Oh, Andy Rowe, I'm looking forward to your stag doing Ibiza and things like that." Mate, there's not, I don't know you at all. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's not weird. It's like because you know exactly what they're talking yeah. about, and you know exactly. It did originally. It took a little bit of getting used to it. It didn't. It was kind. It was strange that um, people behave like they know you, like that because yeah. they listen to you and they've got you in your ears, and um, they'll talk to you about the show. And um, it's not. It, it's. I mean, I love it. It's. It's great. It's like. It's. It's super humbling that they're listening to your show. It's super humbling that they know who you are and that they are interested in like what the content that you're putting out. Because that you're not just talking to no one. That's that's really cool. And um, to but it's yeah equally it's like you're just a like normal person having a chat and. <laughs> People are really interested to have a chat to you. It's cool. Like it's, um, and that's all it is. It's like they they know you almost like Goody and Jim know know me. Like they you know that they, they hear the same stuff. Like um, so I hear the same stuff that I hear from Goody and Jim that that you hear when you listen to the yeah. rugby pod. So it's kind of similar. It's almost like 
of course we chat off air and things like that but there's a lot of similar stuff that we have in common um it's like you the idea is that and this was always the concept with the with the rugby pod the idea was that i'm in a pub with andy and goody having a beer with them and i'm a fan and i'm wanting to hear their stories i'm wanting to hear their opinion on the rugby and i'm having a beer with them and that's the concept so if people feel like they are they have had a beer with Gertie and Jim, and hopefully me a little bit, <laughs> then then that is absolutely job done, and that's and that, that there's no higher praise. Like that's what that's what we're looking for. Yeah. Is, has anybody has anybody ever said something that you've forgotten you'd said on the podcast? Like somebody's been like da 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 da, da uh, and you've just gone, how the hell do they know about? Oh shit! Yeah, I remember saying that. Now. Um, a little bit like. <laughs> You know, someone brought something up that said I'd like smash Goody in a tackle or something like that, but mm-hmm. like, nothing, nothing like incriminating. Like it wasn't, there's was nothing that caught me too off guard, but um, it's more like it, it is a little bit, you do, yeah, it's just, it is a little bit strange sometimes when they when they do bring stuff up. It's not like that, it's dumb shit, but you're just like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. It's all right, I'm about that. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Andy, I'm at the end but it's of cool. my, it's, yeah. It's a it's a great thing and it's it's a real like I said, it sets the bar for people like myself on how to raise a how to perform a podcast, how to record a podcast. And then the Andy Rule show just goes to show that you can never do enough research with twenty four straight hours on books on Iraq war and pilots. No, so you can do too much research in that case. <laughs> you just have to ask his publicist if he actually wants to talk about the thing first and then you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, mate, I'm I'm a lot of questions, and I've had an absolutely cracking time listening to your stories. So I'm really thankful that you came on today, and I'm really, really thankful that you gave your time up to come on. So that's the end of the podcast. We're just going to do a quick outro now, let everybody know what's going on, and then we'll go from there. So, well, Andy, thank you so much for your time. That brings us to the end of the episode. Another great over in 80 minutes, and... Looking at the timer, we're actually almost bang on the money for once, which is pretty good, as normally I waste all my guests' time by making them sit through me mumbling for hours and hours. So, Andy, thank you very much for coming on. Andy, where can they find no you on social saying. media? It's been a pleasure, mate. Yeah. Where can they find you on social media? Uh, Andy Rowe Online is my social media, or um, underscore Andy underscore Rowe on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And make sure people make sure you're going over to this, checking the Andy Rowe show out because it is properly incredible. The one he's just recently had with, what's the title? Not a life coach with James Smith, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, I did my research. Yeah, he's, if you ever want a a proper guy that just says what he thinks and doesn't give a shit if you think his opinion is wrong, he is the proper man to have a listen to. That was a really great episode. Remember, Wild Haggis Protein over at 80. All block capitals for the two words over in and then 80 is the number that gets you 10% off on everything on their website. That's the end of the podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, leave a rating. They really, really help. As usual, any constructive criticism, I always want to hear it. I always want to have proof. If you're just going to be mean on social media or you're going to try to be funny, at least make it actually funny because then I'll retweet it and get some publicity that way because all press is good press. Thank you very much for watching, listening. See you next week. Thank you guys very much and we'll see you soon. Bye.